0: Lynn Stroy, most of you know and love dearly, talks candidly about something many in her shoes wouldn't feel comfortable talking about. And that's living with the desire to have a husband, but finding herself deeper in life than she ever imagined while still single. But before we begin, it's Jack the Lesser and Deep Thoughts about February the 14th. Fun fact. Only one batch of Conversation Hearts was ever made back in 1972. No one has ever eaten, any, So they just get repackaged and sold all over again each year.
1: Hey guys, this is Bree Smoke. Welcome to the V-Day Shorts. A mini-series by the Seacoast podcast, Things You Won't Hear on a Sunday. This week, we have multiple conversations in the context relationships. Those with childlike faith, we believe all things will be redeemed one day. Love will reign supreme, changing us throughout all eternity. But given full redemption is still drawing closer and not complete. This week, you'll hear about the lives of family here at Seacoast, all of which are full of love from relationships, but unfortunately also tainted with some of that change agent called pain. The beauty of love, the deepest of pains it's the human experience of relationships. The more we love, the more capacity for joy and pain. It's the V-Day Shorts.
2: A minute and hour, any moment spent with you is like a street of gold, like Stories were told. The more you make my heart believe What's
0: up, Lynn?
1: How's it going, Joey?
0: All right. All right. <laughs> You know, I've known who you are for a really long time. We've been on staff. When did you come on staff?
1: Um, In 2012.
0: So yeah, we've kind of had a high-buy relationship for a while, but now we've been working together. I consider you a friend. And so I was thinking about yes. this. Yes! <laughs> I was thinking about this topic of singleness, and even people that I'm close to like probably have gotten used to the fact that I can go deep really quickly. Like That's just my nature, and I like talking about deeper things. But this one... Just gives me such pause. In my head, I would be like, Lynn, you're my friend. I've heard in conversation that you would love to be married. How are you doing with not being married? I don't want to do that because I think that it could come across as you're just waiting for that to happen and all of your life is revolving around that. Like that's a like a project of yours is, is just to get married, where in actuality you're killing it in life and still flourishing and you don't need a husband to be successful in life. So
1: yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag when somebody asks you that. Cause number one, it is that. You know, that the concept of, like, in our culture, I think everything points to you're supposed to be in a relationship so your life hasn't started or you're waiting on something. Mm-hmm. So it is that frustration of, like, when someone, even if they don't know you well, they find out you're single, they're like, well, don't you want to be married? (laughs) You know? And so it's like, so on the one hand, that is frustrating. But on the other hand, it's frustrating because it's tender. For me, I'm 42. I turned 43 this year. So for me, I've been waiting for a long time. And if someone's not close to me, it's not always a conversation I want to go into. Because like, for instance, you said you knew that I wanted to be married. So you, as, as someone who knows me, you know that that's, a desire that I have, but having to talk about that over and over and over, it gets a little frustrating. And so it's like, it's kind of a mixed bag because I have friends who I... And very comfortable talking about it. And I guess it's like the timing and the way the conversation is going of how we lead into like, where am I at? How do I feel? But when you have a bunch of people asking you over and over and over, that's when it gets kind of exhausting when people ask you that. You know, I shared something personal in our team meeting last week, which kind of prompted this conversation. And I immediately, and you, you know this because you've asked me to be on the podcast before, and I've been like crickets responding <laughs> to you. But I respect- responded pretty immediately when I saw the text that yeah, I'd love to talk about this. So sometimes it, it depends on what headspace you're in. And
0: my text was kind of apologetic. <laughs> like I don't know I, you know, I don't know if this is okay to ask. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so it just like for me it's like what headspace am I in? where am I at? What's the purpose of the conversation? Is it something that I feel like is going to be encouraging to other people? Or is it like a breezeway conversation with like the 10th person who's asked me about right. being single? Right.
0: So. There's a woman on staff. I'm, I know she's younger than me and I won't say her name because I, this just popped in my head. I actually really thought this was refreshing. Around the time when I was first getting to know her, she said something about being single. And she said, so she kind of, made a joke, but she was also serious. If you know anybody, you know, send them my way sort of thing. Are you that open and practical about that?
1: I am with some people. In the past, I have had people try to set me up with someone that when I met that person, I'm like, you don't even know me, (laughs) you know? And so it like, literally, I've like had people that I considered friends who like, they're like, oh, I found the perfect guy and then I meet the guy. And I'm like, why do you think that this is the perfect guy? Did you ask him that? I did. And they really didn't have an answer. I think that's a whole nother conversation. In recent years, I have been more open. Like, I've had somebody come up to me and say, hey, Lynn, are you open to being set up? Are you open to us passing your information along to someone we know? And I said, yeah, I do. And I didn't know them as well, but I trusted them. So it, it just depends. I don't want just anyone throwing someone out. But I think for me, I, I would like to meet someone in overlapping circles in some kind of way, in a sense of someone I know knows them or knows someone who knows them. Like the idea to me, and it may be just the generation that we grew up in, like people who are our age, we just didn't—the whole inter- internet was coming about when we were adults— And so, like, the idea of meeting someone who has no connection to any circle, any extended person that I might know is kind of weird for me because I've always just— I don't know if I, I want something that feels relational and like where you can see life. So yeah. if it's someone I trust, I would be open to it. Let's,
0: let's educate these youngsters. So <laughs> youngsters, you're not even on Facebook, but before Facebook, there was MySpace. Before MySpace, there was classmates.com. Check this out. You could post a couple of pictures, but if you wanted to post more, you had to pay like nineteen no ninety nine.
1: No one was paying. We were like, what is this? You know?
0: I digress. So I came up with like four different quotes that I'm imagining you've encountered in your life. You just have too high of standards. Have you heard that one?
1: I actually haven't. Heard All right. That one. All right. Well, pass. So pass on yeah. that one.
0: How about? I don't understand how someone like you could be single.
1: Yeah, I've heard that a lot, and it's frustrating.
0: Why is it frustrating?
1: Because it's like I and, and part of that is my own insecurities, like dealing with the dealing with like why am I single? But
0: that is kind like, of a compliment. Because they're it, like, you though, you're awesome.
1: Right. But then, it, but it stings. So it's like, it's that you go back and when you're by yourself, that voice in your head, okay, well, if I'm really that awesome, why hasn't anyone noticed that in 42 years? So it's like that kind of struggles. Also, and I don't know if you have any other single friends who've experienced this. I've had single men say things like that to me who have not asked me <gasps> out on a date. Oh my gosh. Like, and in recent years, who've like, complimented me that way or been like, oh, I can't, but they haven't asked me out. And so then I'm like, if you think you don't actually think that because you're not asking me out on a date. So that one, and that has happened throughout my, you know, adult life.
0: Yeah. That's interesting for sure. Had they ever got you on the wrong moment? You're like, Hey,
1: no, I'm, I, I am usually good at like not letting my inner voice come out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How about Lynn? You just need to put yourself out there.
1: I have heard that. But what's interesting, I've heard it just from like a small number of people that I knew well and I received, like that's probably the one that I've received the best because they've acknowledged like what out there might look like and given me some suggestions. I would even say like eight or nine years ago, I was meeting with Pastor Chip, who those of you who are listening, he's our staff counselor. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And I was meeting with him. And at that time, I went in thinking that I was going to have a conversation about one thing and then it (laughs) As it always does, turned into something else. And and
0: it turned into tears, I'm sure. Right,
1: right. (laughs) Right? We've
0: all experienced it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm bawling my eyes out, and we're talking about singleness and me not wanting to be single. And he like challenged me. He didn't use the phrase, put yourself out there. But he he said, if you want something different, you might have to try things you've never done. And so he really challenged me at that time. He asked, like, hey, have you ever tried eHarmony? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know if that's for me. And he's like, well, try something new. And so he really challenged me in that. And so I did for about six months during that period of time, I did like step out and I tried that. And I gave it my all. It was not the thing for me. I would say in a few instances, I've had people that I, again, that keyword people that I trust, that I know their heart, that I know their intentions, who have said things like that to me, but it's always with offering advice. You know, if you're going to put yourself out here, here's what that might look like.
0: Why the six month stint just wasn't worth it didn't like that yeah. approach.
1: I it was hard and again going back to insecurities. It was really hard for me like in that 6 months almost I had like maybe one guy who matched with me actually initiate conversation. So I was always the one initiating with matches and not really getting anything back and I ended up going on two dates with one guy from that And it still, it just, like, in that six-month period of time, (laughs) my self-esteem just kept going down. Like, it was, like, every day I was getting on to see, like, has anybody sent me a message? Is anybody interested in me? It was just not a positive experience after the six months, and I just felt like, I don't know if this is the thing for me. And it was dominating my thoughts. Like, I am always aware that I'm single, but I'm not ruminating on it. All day, but when I was on eHarmony, I was thinking about like check the same way we are with social media, checking to see if you have any likes, see if you have any comments. Um, and so it was something that I was like, I am not in a space where like I can handle knowing who I am and standing firm and not like going the opposite way and to, into into insecurity. So now,
0: you had to have heard this one that well, Lynn, just trust God's going to give you the desires <laughs> of your heart all the time, all the time. That one's the worst.
1: <laughs> Of all of them. It's the worst. And I struggle with this. There is scripture that says, seek him and like, he will get, he knows what you need. But even that Matthew 633 verse, it talks about him knowing your needs And meeting those, it doesn't say anything about what you want. There's another verse, it might be in Proverbs or Psalms, that talks about the desires of your heart. And I just go back and forth with that because I'm like, if God was always going to like, I don't know if He's always going to give me the desires of my heart. We've seen in the Word where there are people who didn't get things that they desired, they didn't experience that. And so there's there's just this tension back and forth when people say that to me, especially when they add, like, he's going to give you the desire or take it away. And that, I'm like, eh, that's a little dangerous. Like, I don't, I don't know that I believe that's true. If he were going to take all of our desires away that he didn't want us to have or we weren't going to get, then he, like, we wouldn't sin. Yeah, you know? and,
0: and th- theologically, how do you read that? Do you read that God is going to look at your desires and meet those, or do you look at it as God is actually going to place the desires in your heart that are intended for you? How do you look at that? Oh,
1: you know, I've never even looked at it that. Like, considered, like, He's going to place the desires in my heart that are intended for me. I'm not even sure that I know that that is true. I have friends, there are people in my life who their lives, they desired to have children, and that did not happen. I feel like I'm still in this like wrestling and gray area with understanding, like, what does it mean for God to like meet these desires that are in my heart? What does it mean for Him to transform my desires? What is it for Him to give me His desires? You know, like, I just feel like there's a clear line in that.
0: Right. What if somebody, they were audacious enough to say, why are you single? Like, how would you answer that?
1: I would be like, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Like, I, you know, I mean, we could ask that about anything. And I think that that is like the question that singles struggle with. And that's what leads to like frustration and pain. We're asking ourselves that all the time. Like not out loud, but if I'm being honest, I'm like, why am I single? Like, is it me? Is it something I've done? Am I not wanted? Like that's, I feel like that's the tension that we we live in is why am I single?
0: Right. Take us back 20 years. So you would have been 22. How did you see your life unfolding and or how did you want it to?
1: Yeah. Well, 22-year-old Lynn did not love the Lord. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to take you guys back, but I'm not going to tell you all the things. (laughs) Um, But at 22, I— like, there wasn't any doubt that I would get married at some point. You know, like, at that point, at 22, I was just having fun. I was in my career that at that point at the law firm. I was a paralegal prior to coming on staff at the church. So I was like— Working in this corporate world, like, going to happy hour, having fun with my friends. Everything on paper looked good, and I was single at the time. Like, I actually—yeah, at 22, I think I was single.
0: As far as dating or not dating?
1: Right. But I didn't feel the pressure of, like, needing a relationship. I've never been a person who was always in relationships or always dating someone. So at that point, it's like, oh, I'm not with anybody, but it's going to happen. But in my head, I always thought like by my 30s, I would be married and I would have kids. And like, so that's the space I was in. I wasn't experiencing it, but I didn't, I wasn't worried about it.
0: Emotionally, was there a time maybe in your mid 30s where it was harder than it was at your early 30s? And then did it ever get to a point where you were more used to the idea? Like,
1: yeah, I would say there's just been a steady up. (laughs) I think it gets harder to process the older I get. So once I start, once I reached my 30s, early 30s, then I started questioning everything. And I was in, I had been like in my late 20s, I'd been in a serious relationship that I thought was headed to marriage and that didn't work out. And so that relationship ended about a month after my brother died. So there was a lot of like dramatic life things going on. And so, coming out of that, I would say there were like several years where I was just in this grief that I didn't, you know, really think about anything. And so, going into my early 30s, then I started like looking around. And at that point, mostly all of my friends were married. They were like having kids or on their second. And so, stage of life changed is really what happened. Like the people around me, like they're, you know, in your 20s, even your friends who are married are still coming and hanging out with you all the time. They still are not like hard set in their plans, but when they start having kids and there are littles in the house, like time gets a little more rigid. And so I would say in my early 30s, Um, a lot of my friends, their their stage of life started to shift. And so I didn't have as much access. And so you you feel that. And so then you start like making new friends who are single. And so then there's this weird transition of like, you have your married friends with families and you have your single friends. And so you start feeling it there. When I got to my mid thirties, that's kind of where like the sting of it, I really started wrestling with it. Cause then I started asking, like, is this thing? ever going to happen. Yeah.
0: So this is just how my mind works, but we've actually been in conversations as a team and I've remembered times where maybe for 15 minutes, me, Josh, Ryan, Brittany are talking about kids and I've thought to myself does this feel lonely for Lynn to be sitting here because she's like yeah I'd be that would be really nice is that a good thing in any way for someone like me who cares about you to be conscious of that or that's kind of where you draw a line like come on like I'm I'm a big girl <laughs> like
1: yeah i would say draw a line because you can't stop life. I want to hear what's going on in your lives. I want to, like, know how I'm praying for you. I want to celebrate with you. And so in those, in that sense, like, I don't want people to, like, tiptoe around me and, like, don't talk about family because Lynn doesn't have a family that looks like mine, you know, like— or, like, what when I, when you say family, you're thinking about your immediate family. When I say family, I'm thinking about my parents, you know? And so that's what I meant like a family that looks like mine. So, like, I would say no, I wouldn't want the people around me to like not talk about their family. Um, It's something I am always aware of. But also, like, there have been seasons where I think um, one of my really good friends, she always invited me into their family. So it's like if she didn't have time for, like, me and her to hang out alone, she'd be like, hey, come over for dinner. So for years, we had a night of the week where I went over and had dinner with their family. She would disappear for a little bit for bath time. And then, like, I would sit in the room with them as they read to their kids. And we would have, like, bedtime. And then, like, her husband would kind of disappear and the kids would be in bed and she and I would talk for like 20 or 30 minutes. And we did that for years. And then when I became a foster mom, some of the rhythms that I'd had with, I had no idea how to be a parent because she had invited me into her family. I had like seen things that I never would have known or thought about if I had not done that. So I think that there is a value in singles being in community with people who are in different stages of life and those people not hiding those things from them in fear that it's going to, like, make their life more painful.
0: I just keep thinking of more questions. (laughs) So if you see someone you're attracted to, do you ever try to strike up a conversation or maybe put yourself around where they are, hoping they would?
1: I It's interesting. Yes and no. So if I see someone I'm attracted to, I will immediately look to see if there's a ring. But, you know, increasingly, adult men are not wearing their rings, so like you'll see someone who's not doesn't have a ring on and you'll think oh he's he's not married and then you find out he is married and you're like where your freaking ring right, right. <laughs> um <laughs> So, like, yeah, so in that sense, it just depends on where I see them and what environment. And I will try to, like, strategically, like, be in the same place or be near them where I could strike up a conversation or, like, if they know someone I know to, like, go talk to that person while they're there. I would say I am not a, like, initiator, if that makes sense. I've never been one. And I, I would like for a guy to, like, initiate I don't want to go up and be like, hey, you want to grab coffee? Like, I just, I don't want to do that. And maybe that's part of my problem.
0: Is that more of a personality thing or a traditional thing?
1: Uh, Maybe a little bit of both.
0: What would be your posture with all of this right now? Do you have an open-handedness about your future? What does it look like to trust God in
1: this? Ooh my posture, that changes. So I would say like recently, um, I've just been like really tender with it. And I don't even know what the right word is. I don't know what my future looks like. And I'm like in a place where I'm like, God, I still very much want this. Where are you? Like what's going on? How is this going to end up? Um, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to attempt not to cry. As I get older, And for women who are getting older, like, you notice changes in your body. And so um, that desire for a family, I'm constantly having this pressure of, like, trust God, trust God. Like, there are women that we see that are in His Word that were past childbearing years, and He did a miracle. Even looking around to modern medicine, like, we are seeing women in their 40s and late 40s still having birth. But there's that tension of, like, is that going to happen? for me. And as the years go by, it's like, okay, I turned 43 this year, but I want to know someone before I marry them, you know? So you're like, if I meet him tomorrow, I'm going to be 44 before I'm even like in a position to like start thinking about having kids. I think as every day goes by now, I'm in a season where like, I can feel that tension and I'm fighting with the okay, God, what does this look like? And then going back, like, I like I think about that. I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to turn 43 in November. And then if I don't meet him by this time, then this is what's well, going to happen. And then I'll snap back into, I need to trust God. It doesn't matter what the facts are. It doesn't matter what the date on the calendar says. It doesn't matter what my body's doing. He's still sovereign. So,
0: so I— truly believe that one of the best functions of podcasting, depends on what kind of podcast you're doing, this one, the Seacoast podcast would definitely fit in this category. Kind of bringing solace to, I think a lot of single people hearing you being so transparent with your deep feelings about this is, I mean, it's biblical. Just know that other people are going through the same sort of thing. There's like a comfort there. What What is it about Lynn who would be so forthright with your thoughts and emotions.
1: Yeah. I think one of the reasons has been been being planted in this house and being able to have a voice where, like, you don't hear a lot of single people having the opportunity to, like, talk to a large number of people. And so part of it is you don't hear it because it's not there. I feel like part of my being planted where I am and God, like, calling me to this house in this season is for me to share my testimony, right? Isn't that always what we're doing? My testimony as a single on the podcast, hosting, on a platform, wherever it is, it's not something that people have heard. And so I'm like, God's given me the opportunity to do it. Why wouldn't I? If people are going through what I'm going through, but they haven't heard it. And also just because I feel, even though it's painful, and a lot of times I don't want to talk about it, I want to be married, but I still very much love my life. Like, there are so many things that, like, I know God is doing. You know, there's, like, this chunk of life that I'm, like, I'm so grateful for. And in any other season, I don't even know that I would have it or I would have gotten to this point. And so it's this tension of, like, a family is something I want, but I absolutely want single people to, like, hear me say that they are have purpose now. And that even though we're, like, waiting on that, we're not waiting, sitting down, twiddling our fingers, like that there are good things right now for us to do. And so I don't want that desire to like, stunt them from doing what, like, God has called them to do in this moment. Do you
0: hate Valentine's Day? (laughs) I
1: I, I don't. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And the reason why I don't hate it, and it's so funny because I was in a meeting this morning and someone actually, like, mentioned, like, single awareness day, Valentine's Day being, like, single awareness day, and I I started laughing because I'm like, people who are single always know they're single. It's not, like, just Valentine's Day that makes me feel like— Dang
0: it, I just realized—
1: Right, right. It's like on a Friday if I've like tried to make plans with friends and they fall through and I go home. Like every day when I go home, I'm going home to myself. Valentine's Day doesn't heighten my awareness of like not being in a relationship. So I don't I don't really care. All
0: right. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Yep. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, we hope you are enjoying this series. In the show notes, there's a link to our Facebook page, as well as a place to subscribe to the podcast. There's also a link to my email address. We're actually playing around with the idea of creating some digital spaces for friends and even strangers to get together online, chill, get to know one another, and discuss some of the content in these episodes. There's no needed commitment or expectations to be there regularly, and uh, we haven't even started them yet, but I'd love to hear from you if this sounds interesting at all. and simply keep you posted. Thanks for listening to this podcast.
2: Oh, I can't get enough of your life.